was thinking about this interview, I was thinking about uh, future trends and uh, you and I built a data center in, in Japan many, many years ago that was like sort of leading edge, uh, maybe <laughs> bleeding edge. Uh, and you were also, you know, one of the first guys ever to embrace the whole the video conferencing. You did a lot with Cisco. Um, so I, I, I have to give you credit. You've, uh, a lot of these trends, you were, you know, some cases seven, ten years ahead of everybody else in the capital markets. Um, what do you think's next? What's, what's going to be the next big uh, Vinod wow that, uh, that you're going to have in your, your company that uh, is, is years ahead of everybody else? Well, there are, I, there are quite a few things um, going on. I'd say um, 5G and Edge and how they come together is going to be quite game-changing. Uh, the business is still uh, trying to figure out the monetization models for 5G and Edge. You customers are looking at it and saying, interesting, um, and they're playing around with the technology, lots of proof of concepts, um, but the real model hasn't been discovered. I think that's going to be really powerful. But the important thing is to look not just at 5G and Edge. You need to look at the technologies it enables, and that's really where the monetization will take place. So, for example, AR, VR technology is going to become much more powerful when 5G and Edge come together and you have pervasive computing on low latency available throughout the world, right? And when that happens, first we'll start at a city level, then country, then region, then the world. But when that progression happens, there'll be a sudden unlock of value. It's all going to be about patience, but still keeping your knowledge current, right? It's about timing your capital deployment so that you're not deploying capital too ahead of the, 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 the applications coming up, but it's also chicken and egg. So there's technology, but there's also a lot of business modeling associated with it. So that, I'm really excited about that. I also think in general, you know, uh, one of the things, Bill, that I'm doing a lot more now in Vodafone is working with small and medium-sized businesses. We're very strong in that space across all the markets in Europe. And I think the use of technology is going to just, you know, grow exponentially in, in, in that segment. So the, op the key thing is for technology companies, including telcos, uh, but including, you know, other players in the ICT value chain to make complex technology available in sachet size. So it's easily consumable and easy to understand for SMEs. So a lot more needs to be done on creating the user experience for SMEs that helps them use complex technology. And whoever cracks that will, again, see explosive growth. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's a fascinating because I think everyone talks about uh, the cloud to the consumer, right, which is the new sort of buzz uh, concept and the fact that the consumers are using all different aspects of the cloud. But you're right, the, business, the SMEs have probably been the most neglected part of, you know, the global economy, right? And probably yeah. also the hardest hit, potentially. Yeah. Uh, but so. you know, the interesting thing, Bill, is SMEs account for 80% of the private sector jobs that are created in Europe. Wow. I didn't realize <laughs> it was that kind of number. That's yeah, pretty that impressive. Kind of number, right? Yeah. And, then if you, um, and then if you look at their contribution to the economy, it's also disproportionate to what people think because you think small business, but some of them are artisanal businesses. They do niche manufacturing. They, have, they play crucial roles in supply chain and so on, but they're not digital. They're generally you know, less than half uh, on the digital maturity index compared to a, even a mid-sized company. So th there's lots of opportunity there. Well, let's, let's switch gears a little bit too. Now, obviously you're, you're, for the first time in your life, you're sort of a wireless guy, even though you're sort of the, uh, uh, the sidecar <laughs> of a wireless uh, business, right? It's a, uh, um, 
What do you, so you, you got to be thinking about 5G and, and uh, how that impacts the enterprise, though, right? And, and that's got to be a big part of your, your roadmap, I would think, right? Yeah, you know, the, the sort of saying in the industry goes 4G was for consumer and 5G is for enterprise. And that's kind of true because the consumer experience that they will pay for, the monetizable aspect right now, at least for just a stepped up improvement in latency, you know, it's arguable. However, you can do things with 5G that you couldn't do before with 4G and enterprise customers will pay for that. So we are seeing huge demand. I've become a full wireless guy, by the way, Bill. <laughs> it took me two years. But, um, but, but, you know, 5G in the factory, 5G in the, you know, uh, warehouses that are using robots to move uh, things, 5G in, you know, surgery for remote surgery, assisted surgery. These are things that are, you know, not figments of anyone's imagination. They are live. We have, you know, proof of concepts and trials, limited deployments, but these will become pervasive and unlock the value of um, of 5G. But we're seeing more demand now for 5G in a private network, uh, in a limited geographic space. But as the 5G rollout on the public network continues, you will see that, um, you know, what we're deploying in a limited space can easily be scaled out. So what do you think, to, just, just to, to finish up, what do you think the knock-on is for... Uh enterprise customers and, and uh, telcos around the world. Do you see this as sort of a uh, another couple of years of growth like we've seen in the last two years? You, uh, how do you see I think things? There's gonna, I feel there'll be growth because if you look at the ICT sector as a whole, it's very tough to now carve out connectivity and so on. But uh, the need for digitalization uh, is uh, people have recognized it big time. I, you know, whether it's a small company, mid company, large company, I know that the agenda for uh, getting more digital, getting more people connected, improving the resilience of the network, all of that, you know, is is going to be on the up and up. Um, uh, they become much more. They become also more savvy about you know where they can get freemium and where they don't have to pay for services and where it's necessary to pay. Um, the, the, and and also the expectation on the service providers to get it done quickly. Um, because we did it quickly. You know, we did projects that would normally take six months and three weeks because we had to move 7,000 call center agents from one platform to another, right? Boom, we did, we did it. <laughs> so they're like, yeah. okay, now you need to do it like this all the time. <laughs> so, uh, so there's also an increased expectation. But I think it's good for the industry because overall the, the need for digital has only gone up. Yeah, no, it's, it, it is. It seems uh, pretty much universal. Everyone feels that the... There's going to be some wind at our backs for quite a while now, and uh, yeah. you know it's going to be a great, uh, should be a fun run for the next uh, year or two. So, well, thank you, Vinod, for uh, taking a few minutes with us uh, from London. This is Vinod Kumar on digging into the future. Thanks a lot for joining us, Vinod. Thanks, Bill.